Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. So, not too long ago, I came across this dramatic story about a young child who had been playing in the front yard, a small boy, and and when he was playing in the front yard, he suddenly collapsed. Now his mother was nearby and, the, and, and saw this child collapse and, and she rushed over to him and noticed that her, her child had stopped breathing. And she didn't know exactly what was wrong with him, but she knew he was in need of medical attention. Now the mother began to frantically look around for someone to help, someone to come to the aid of her child. And, and so she, she began to, to wave her arms and called out to the cars passing by, hoping that someone would come to her aid. Thankfully, a law enforcement officer happened to be driving by at that moment, and, and he noticed this mother who was screaming for him and, and waving her arms. And when he noticed this mother, he stopped his car and got out to see what was going on. He quickly assessed the situation. It didn't take long for him to realize that this boy was in need of CPR. And so he began performing this life-saving maneuver. As a parent, I can only imagine the fear and the panic that you would experience in that moment. You know your child has stopped breathing as in need of help. But if you don't know how to perform CPR, you're left feeling helpless. You want nothing more than to come to the aid of your child, but you don't necessarily know how to help. You don't necessarily know how to save their life. And like the mother in this story, I'm sure all of us would begin frantically looking for someone who had been trained, someone who knew what to do in that particular situation. And I can only imagine the relief of the mother when she see this squad car driving by because here is someone who had been trained, who knew what to do. And then imagine the relief that this mother must have felt when she saw her child start breathing again and the color slowly return to his skin. And thankfully, the officer, he knew what to do and he performed CPR and he saved the boy's life. Now, I don't know about you, uh, but perhaps, uh, you know, the CPR, you already know what that stands for. I would ask you to type it into the chat, but if I can't spell it, I'm not going to expect you to either, so don't worry about that. But CPR, it stands for cardiopulmonary resuscitation, and it's a tactic that is used when someone is unconscious or unresponsive or has stopped breathing. And of course, the goal is to revive the person and save their life. This morning, right here off stage, I actually have a, bar, a borrowed dummy from the American Red Cross, and I'm going to be doing some practical training on how to perform CPR. So let me, no, I'm just kidding. That, that's not true. Uh, that would only go poorly. However, I do want to talk to you about a different type of CPR. And even though this is a different type of CPR, the goal remains the same, to save a life. At LifePoint, one of our values is to introduce people to Jesus. And it's one of our values because we want nothing more than to see people get saved spiritually. And of course, you and I don't do the saving, but it's our job to introduce people to the one who can. And that's Jesus. 
And we didn't pull this value out of thin air. This is a value here at LifePoint because we see that we're called to this in Scripture, throughout Scripture. Following his resurrection from the grave and, his, and just prior to his ascension, Jesus gives us a command to his disciples, his followers. It's found in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Jesus says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. We find this value emphasized as well in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And while none of us were present at the time that these specific words were spoken, Jesus' command to make disciples and to tell other people about him, it applies to us as well. Introducing people to Jesus is our calling. It's what you and I are supposed to do as followers of him. And to be clear, this isn't just my job as a pastor. This isn't just the job of the elders or the job of the ministry leaders here at LifePoint. This is the job of every single person who has put their faith and trust in Jesus for their salvation. It doesn't matter if you're a teacher. It doesn't matter if you work in sales, if you're a stay-at-home parent, if you're a, a student, if you work for the government, or if you're retired. If you are a follower of Jesus and you're still breathing, then you are called to introduce people to Jesus. Now, I realize for many of us, this isn't new information. You've heard it said before that we are called to make disciples. However, I think when we often hear that command, we simply tack it on to the end of our list of responsibilities. And, and it may be on our to-do list, but it's not a very high priority. And whether intentionally or not, we often take the approach of, I'll make disciples if I get around to it. Well, what if we were to give introducing people to Jesus its rightful place as the most important calling in our lives? What if we were to put it at the top of the list instead of tacking it on somewhere near the bottom? You see, if you're a teacher, and I know many, there's many teachers that, that attend LifePoint and they're part of the Elk Grove Unified School District or in the surrounding colleges. And, and so if you're a teacher, you got to know your most important job isn't to educate students. It's to make disciples. And of course, I understand that there are things in place that may not allow you to openly share your faith in a classroom setting. However, if you were to walk on campus, or if you were to enter your classroom, or these days, begin your Zoom call with this goal in mind of introducing people to Jesus, what would change about your approach? What would change about your interaction with students, your interaction with your coworkers, the administration? For those of you who are in sales, your primary goal isn't to close the deal. It's to do business in a way that allows, that opens doors so that you might be able to introduce people to Jesus. For all of you who are students, your primary job isn't to get good grades. Now hold on real quick. Before I get a bunch of emails from all the parents uh, berating me because they want their kids to get good grades, one second. Students, let me remind you of what Colossians 3.23 says. Whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. 
And so, yes, students, you should work hard in school and do your very best because that honors God. But introducing your friends to Jesus has far more value and significance than your grades ever will. Ask anybody around. No one is asking for people's GPA once you get out of high school. No one cares. And so we have to keep introducing people to Jesus in mind. You know, as parents, our primary responsibility isn't to raise kids who are contributing members of society. It's, it, it, we, we're, are, we're called to raise them and to put their faith and trust in Jesus for their salvation, to live a life that glorifies and honors him. Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 9 talk about this. I'd encourage you to check it out. And it talks about how the commands of Scripture were to impress them upon our children, were to talk about them wherever we go, whatever we do. Your kids are at home now more than ever. What are you doing to take advantage of this time to help them grow in their relationship with God? I gotta say, retirement sounds amazing as well. I know a number of you are already retired. I got a few more years before I get there, but I think it's important that we remember we never retire from our calling to make disciples, to introduce people to Jesus. In fact, retirement could very well be the most effective disciple-making season of your life. And, and I've been told the retired life can still be plenty busy, but no matter, no matter how your time is spent, we ought to be, have, a, have an intentional focus on disciple making. So if, if you already, if you didn't already know, now, now you do, right? There's no excuses. We're called to make disciples. We're, we're called to introduce people to Jesus. But for so many followers of Christ, we know that's what we're supposed to do right? We, we know that's what we should do, but we don't know how to do that. We don't know how to make disciples or how to introduce people to Jesus. You see, if I know someone is in need of CPR, but I don't know how to perform CPR, what good am I to the person who needs to be revived? Just like the story I shared earlier, the mother knew her child needed CPR, but she didn't know how to perform CPR. And, and knowing CPR wasn't going to save the life of her son. She needed someone who knew how to perform CPR. And in the same way for us as Christians, knowing someone needs to be introduced to Jesus, knowing someone needs to begin a relationship with Jesus, but not knowing how to help them make that connection it does them no good. In other words, it, it does them no good if I know I need to and know I should introduce people to Jesus, but I don't know how. And so for the remainder of our time together this morning, it's going to serve as a practical training session. And I want to teach you how to introduce people to Jesus. I want to teach you how to perform spiritual CPR. Now, when it comes to spiritual CPR, the C doesn't stand for cardio. It stands for cultivate. And it means to promote growth or development of something by labor and attention. Cultivate is often used in an agricultural context. Farmers cultivate or break up the hard ground so it can receive the seed that is later planted. However, 
We're not going to be cultivating for the purpose of growing crops. We're going to be cultivating relationships for the purpose of introducing people to Jesus. You see, the first step of spiritual CPR is to cultivate relationships with those who don't yet know Jesus. This could be your next door neighbor. This could be somebody you met at the gym, the clerk at the grocery store, a coworker, your mechanic, a classmate, whoever. And if we want to introduce people to Jesus, it begins by building relationships. And of course, this means we must be intentional about who we spend our time with. Because certainly hanging out and spending time in genuine, authentic community with other believers, it's extremely valuable. We should gather, even if it is online with our fellow believers, we should join a life group because circles are better than rows. But to neglect those who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus, that's a miss. All of our time shouldn't be spent with those who already believe what we do. Throughout his earthly ministry, Jesus was constantly rubbing shoulders with those who did not yet believe. And in Mark chapter 2, verse 17, Jesus says, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. You see, from Jesus' words right here in this verse, we learn that, we, uh, we learn that we, he was intentional about building relationships with those who needed to be saved. And as Christians, we ought to follow his example. We have sent out, we've been sent out to be a light to the world. But in order for our light to shine the brightest, we must go where there's darkness. We must go and interact with those who don't yet know Jesus. By no means do we do this perfectly, but Aaron and I, my wife, we try to be intentional when it comes to cultivating relationships. We want to invite people into our lives to grow, to go deeper in friendship with the hope that they might one day be receptive to the seed of the gospel. A family just moved in two doors down from us, and we took the opportunity to stop by and introduce ourselves and give them some flowers and simply welcome them to the neighborhood. There was nothing spiritual about this interaction, but we wanted to start cultivating a relationship. One of my other neighbors recently invited me to play pickleball with a group of friends that he regularly plays with. Now, just in case you are not familiar with it, pickleball is a combination of ping pong and tennis. It's super fun. You got to check it out. Check it out on YouTube. It's, it's a lot of fun. Now, upon arrival to the courts, I quickly realized that I was the youngest person there by a good 25 years at least. However, in my first doubles match, I am ashamed to tell you that I lost to a couple in their 70s. Not exactly a high point in my athletic career. Thankfully, I did improve as the morning went on. But really, that morning, that, that period of time wasn't about pickleball. No, you see, it was about continuing to build a friendship with my neighbor. Cultivating relationships, it doesn't need to be complicated. But it does need to be intentional and it does need to be a priority. And so let me ask you a question. Who is someone in your life who doesn't yet know Jesus? And how can you begin cultivating a friendship with them? What steps can you take to begin to build a relationship with the hope that they might one day be receptive to the gospel message? The P in spiritual CPR stands for plant. It's step two of three. 
when it comes to introducing people to Jesus. Now, sticking with our farming illustration, once the farmer has cultivated the ground, uh, he then plants the seed. And in the same way as followers of Christ, once we've cultivated a relationship with those who don't yet know Jesus, it's time to plant the seed of the gospel. It's time to look for or create opportunities to bring your faith into the relationship. Now, I know for many Christians, this sounds like a daunting or intimidating task. And maybe that's how you're feeling. Maybe that's how you feel when it comes to to talking about your faith or even just referencing it at all. And perhaps you're wondering, well, how am I supposed to do that? Or what does that even look like? Well, first, we have to understand that there's no magic formula when it comes to bringing your faith into the relationship. Every friendship, every relationship is dynamic and unique. And so there's never going to be this one-size-fits-all approach. But I would encourage you to start with prayer. And specifically praying for two things. Pray for wisdom and pray for opportunities. See, pray that God would give you wisdom to know what to say and when to say it. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So pray for wisdom, and then trust that God will walk you through the process. Secondly, pray that God would give you opportunities to insert your faith into the conversation. Pray that he would open doors for you. And then, when those opportunities arise, because they will, we must be ready to take advantage. Remember Peter's words in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. He says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. When it comes to planting, don't make it harder than it has to be. Really, this is a step all about sharing why your faith matters to you. It's letting your friends know why you go to church, why you give a tithe or an offering, why you serve, why you pray, why you read your Bible. Planting a seed could be as simple as inviting someone to a church service or inviting someone to an event that's hosted by the church. But whatever planting looks like in the context of your relationships, the most important thing is that it happens. You see, just like the farmer doesn't plow his land forever, neither can we continuously cultivate our relationships forever. There comes a time where we must plant a seed. To build a friendship but never introduce them to Jesus does them no good. And so we have to be intentional about taking the next step. We had a next door neighbor who made it a challenge to cultivate a relationship. The recreational activities that he was involved in and the company he kept made it difficult to break up the hard ground and to build a relationship. We would try to be friendly. I would say hello. I would do my best to engage him in conversation about his job or, or his son. He has a child who's a similar age as well, some of our kids. And, and to be honest, though, I never really made much progress. Well, last December, the SWAT truck made a surprise visit to his house and he was taken to jail. About five or six weeks after that occurred, I sensed that God was calling me to go to prison to visit my former neighbor. To be honest, I had very little interest 
in that idea. That was something I was not looking to do whatsoever. And, and I tried to make up excuses and I tried to, to delay and procrastinate as much as I could. But eventually, thankfully, I was obedient to what I felt like God was calling me to do. And so I, I went to the prison and had a conversation with my neighbor through the glass window pane on a phone. And that night I felt led to plant a seed. And sensing that my neighbor might need a more straightforward, direct approach, I told him that God has more for his life than sitting in a prison cell. To my knowledge, he hasn't made a decision to put his faith and trust in Jesus for his salvation yet. But I don't think that story is over. Now, you may not have to go to a prison to plant seeds, but at some point when you sense from God that the timing is right, you will need to take a step of faith, maybe even get outside of your comfort zone and plant a seed. And so let me ask you, might it be time to take a next step and plant a seed in a relationship that you've already cultivated? And if so, begin praying for wisdom that God would give you opportunities to plant a seed. The third and final step of spiritual CPR is reap. You see, once the farmer has prepared the ground and planted the seed, the final step is to harvest the crops. In similar fashion, once a relationship has been built and the seeds have been planted, there comes a time when the gospel message must be clearly presented and a call for a response must be made. It's time to reap a spiritual harvest. Now, ultimately, God is the one who saves, not us. But he has given us a role to play. In, in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, Jesus says, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I'm praying that you will join the work in the harvest field. Let's not neglect our role when it comes to introducing people to Jesus. And so could there be someone in your life who is ready to hear and receive the good news of the gospel? Could it be that someone is waiting for you to tell them the good news. I pray that God would give you courage to take the next step and give you the words to say. And as Pastor Chris encouraged us to do a couple of weeks ago, I would encourage you to pray BHAP prayers for those who don't yet know Jesus. Big, hairy, audacious prayers. Pray expectantly. Pray specifically. Pray persistently for those in your life who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. And then see how God uses you to introduce people to him. All right, your training is almost complete, but I think it's also important that we remember CPR is an urgent matter. Remember the mother who was frantically waving down that officer to come to the aid of her son. What if the officer rolled his window down and responded to her, I'm on my way to get donuts. I'll be right back. Now that, that would be crazy. That would cost the boy his life. You see, spiritual CPR is also an urgent matter. It's not something that we can put off until later. And I know that everyone is busy. And I know for some, this season of COVID has made life even crazier. But what are we saying when we're too busy to make an effort 
or too busy to build relationships with those who don't yet know Jesus. Our calling to make disciples is so important. People are dying spiritually, and we know the healer. We know the one who can save them. And the reality is, there may not be a later. Tomorrow is not guaranteed, and so we need to make introducing people to Jesus a priority now. All right, we know what we're supposed to do. Introduce people to Jesus. Make disciples. And now we have a better idea of how to do that. And so let's make spiritual CPR a part of our lives. If you're watching this morning and, and maybe you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus for your salvation, you might be wondering, well, hey, how does all of this apply to me? Well, you should know that the reason we're talking about how to introduce people to Jesus is because we believe that he can radically transform your life, both now and for all eternity. We believe that when you put your faith and trust in Jesus for your salvation, he will save you from your sins and your spot in heaven will be guaranteed. And so we want as many people to know the Jesus that we know, to experience the life that he has to offer. And so if you've never made a decision, or if you're interested in knowing more about that, I'd simply invite you to text the word LP decision, all one word, LP decision to 94000. You'll receive a link to fill out a form. You don't even have to fill it all the way out. Leave us your name, contact information in the comment box. Simply put, I'd like to know more. And our team would be happy to respond and follow up with you and answer any questions that you might have. And for those of us who have already put our faith and trust in Jesus for our salvation, let's make ourselves available to be used by God to reach people who don't yet know him. Let's cultivate, let's plant, and let's reap a spiritual harvest. Heavenly Father, we are grateful, God, that you have saved us, that you've made a way for salvation to be possible. God, we are so thankful that you gave us your son and, and that we know the one who can heal, that we know the one who's able to save. And now, God, I pray as, as we think about those in our life who, who have a relationship with Jesus and, and, or are in need of a relationship with Jesus, God, that you would give us boldness and courage to share our faith, God, that we might be able to introduce people to Jesus, knowing that you're the one who saves. God, we pray that you would help us in this. In your son's name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.